0: The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So, we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk Podcast. everyone, welcome to another episode of Table Talk and tonight we're doing an audience question. So uh, this came from one of our followers on Instagram and uh, the question goes like this. Family or ministry? How how Christian how can Christians balance the verses of Mark sixteen fifteen and First Timothy five verse eight in regards to prominent people in Christianity neglecting their families for the sake of ministry? How can we fulfill both of these verses without diminishing one or the other? If that makes sense, I was thinking of how Ellen White resorted to having someone else raise her children for her just to further her mission work. It seems like family is always suffering for the sake of ministry and vice versa. <clears throat>
1: It's a very thoughtful question, isn't it? It is. Mm. Somebody's giving this a lot of thought. I wonder whether they have a family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> or they'd like to. Mm. Yeah, it's a very good question. And like they pointed out, it's it's kind of like the age old problem. Mm. Um you're either doing a wonderful work in evangelizing the world mm. or you're sort of stuck at home mm-hmm. taking care of your family. Mm. Is kind of the two extremes that we often see. Mm. I wonder whether it's not so much a, a question of family or ministry, though. Uh, whether we should maybe rephrase the question and talk on it a different way, and that is, is there any value in in seeing as fam- family as ministry? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I, th- I, I
1: absolutely, I think that there is because.
0: I actually think that this, is, this question is a, a thorn in the side of so many people. Like, you know speaking as a dad, since becoming a dad, and I mean to an extent when you get married, but especially since uh, becoming a dad, the amount of time that you have available to devote to people outside of your family diminishes uh, <laughs> precipitously. It just has so quickly and you all of a sudden your entire life revolves around the people that live in, inside your home. You know, and it's probably a a more accentuated thing for me because I work from home. So, like my entire world is myself and my wife and my kids. Um, Or you guys too, of course. (laughs) But you know what I mean. So, um, in a sense, it it feels very restrictive, but it is a completely different thing when you look at it, just like you're saying, Dave, by looking at it as ministry, you know, Mm -hmm. as what God is asking me to do right now
1: in this season of life. Mm -hmm. So, So just seeing as you're the one going through this currently Tell us a little bit about your experience with regards to trying to balance the two. Mm -hmm. You're involved, you know, you played it down in that statement just then, Mm -hmm. but you're involved in a lot of things outside of the home. Mm -hmm. There's this, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, You're also an elder at church. Mm -hmm. You're also a Sabbath school leader. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've been balancing a whole bunch of other church responsibilities at the same time as that, Mm -hmm. plus you run a business. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) it's not (laughs) like you spend 24 hours a day with your wife and children. So, how do you see the balance in your own life? Do Mm -hmm. you think it could be improved? And yeah, also, Mm. how do you sort of yourself sort of weigh this up and wrestle with the idea of, you know, do I neglect Mm. one for the sake of the other? Or Mm. I I still have frustration, Mm -hmm. but um, usually it's
0: when there's a a particular need and I can see someone has a need and I know I just don't have the capacity to fix their problem anymore. Mm -hmm. Whereas I might have in the past or whatever it may be, depending on circumstance. But when i get when i get unsettled and i find it difficult it's funny how god speaks to me but i generally come to this to the conclusion that when in doubt serve and serve the people nearest to you first because mm. my you know i it's not easy to go out and find somebody else but there's plenty of need right in my own home you know whether it is you know helping sarah by washing the dishes or cooking dinner or or it's you know spending some time with Seth and and you know because if, if you don't spend time with them yeah, they get unhappy and they feel like they're not cared or looked after and so if I'm going to take care of my first responsibility I can sleep well knowing that I've done what God has asked me to do I may not have fixed someone else's problems but God didn't ask me to fix their problems mm-hmm. and that's really hard to remember. Sometimes I get really frustrated, but yeah. when I do get frustrated, I come back to that principle and
1: when I do it helps me sort of reset. So yeah. so are you sort of saying in a sense that the natural human inclination is to look for things, you know, well maybe the natural yeah. Christian inclination mm-hmm. is to look for things outside of your family to bring that satisfaction, to bring that sense of I've done something, yeah. you know, to make a difference in the world. Absolutely. But yeah. the but the mature perspective that you balance that out with is that I actually am making a difference in the world hmm. when I'm making a difference in my family. Yeah. Is that what you're sort of saying? Yeah,
0: I, I think that's a really good way of articulating it because one thing that I'm starting to notice and, you know, I've been a dad now for about three years, you know, almost three years. And hmm. so, I haven't been... A, I don't have like long-term experience that I can look back on. But just now, I'm starting to have conversations with people who observe my, my kids and observe my family and... And consider that a witness to them, mm-hmm. and that, and they're like, oh wow, you know, how do you manage that? Or I couldn't do that, mm-hmm. or you know, if only I could. And I meant, this is this is God, not me. But when people say to me that, oh, you know, wow, you're a good dad or husband, and you know, I'm not or whatever, and they they compare themselves, and you know, I am so busted and messed up. But for whatever the case, what God is doing in my life, they can see that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just starting, I guess, to to see how
1: family is an incredible ministry tool when harnessed correctly. Yeah. So in a sense you and Sarah've got two little missionaries. Yeah. Because yeah. you know they're mm. the fact that they're good kids mm. is is preaching the gospel yes on your behalf. Yeah. And as they get older
0: that influence is only going to grow, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of unfortunately, yeah, you know, the people that are involved in ministry, they often do. They use it as justification to leave their kids. Yeah. Now, the people the guy who asked the question did you know mentioned Ellen White. Now I don't know uh, about those particular circumstances because obviously they didn't live in the society that we live in. And I don't know the pressures that were involved in in that, in that situation. But I do see a lot of uh, pastors or people that are involved in, in church work that allow their kids to basically raise themselves Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. they're so busy out raising, you know, helping other people. And to me that doesn't and has never made any sense at all because mm-hmm. you're you're wasting you're wasting your time mm-hmm. if you're not putting the effort in with your family. Mm-hmm. It's very different if you have family that have grown up and left and made their choice, like that's that's their call. Yeah. But if you've got small children and you're essentially uh, compromising their you know raising them as a, as a result of your
2: ministry, then I would say that your ministry is misplaced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean Talking about this, I reflect on my own childhood and the the just the sheer amount of um, time—not only my parents but my grandparents—put into my um, showing me the beauty of God and everything else. Mm. I, I certainly wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for the ministry that they had given me early mm. in life mm. and shown me um, just a what a wonderful God we have. Yes,
1: and and the beautiful thing that 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 brings out then is the three of us mm. are here. Today in this ministry, mm-hmm. because of the people that put us here, yeah, you know? yeah, and to a large extent that's because of our families, yeah, and so the work that they have done in dedicating mm-hmm. their lives to to training us the mm-hmm. same way you are with your kids, Luke, mm-hmm. um, has mul- has effect in in effect been. The result of which has been this multiplied effect, whereby, mm. yeah, they they put all of their effort into mm. us, but then now we are reaching mm. out to all of these people who listen mm. to us yes. online. Yes, and so in a sense, it's it's our parents yeah. we that, are, be that are reaching them. out to them. Yeah, that's right. But it's our, yeah, like you say, it's our parents that are doing
0: mm. that. I, I meant like reflecting on on my family, you know, my dad worked really hard but worked really long hours, and every moment outside of that he devoted to his family he he never and like i'm i'm so grateful to, to dad that he never stretched to go and do his own thing or whatever to him his entire life was wrapped up in mum and myself yeah
1: and such a good dad yeah
0: absolutely and i I find myself doing things now on autopilot and in reflection, I'm not doing them because I made a personal decision that I'm going to be a really good dad. Mm -hmm. I'm doing them that way because that's that's, how dads do. That's what dads do because that's what I saw. And, you know, I'm so grateful for that. And on the other side of that, mum, you know, mum homeschooled me. We lived out in the country. We had very, you know, being out, you know, out that like that, we didn't have a lot of other people around us. And so, you know, because mum was 24-7 mum, you know, at the time as a kid, you don't think about that as being a sacrifice, but yeah. as an adult, you can see that, oh, yeah. that being a 24-7 yeah. parent is a... You yeah. feel
1: so, so bad about the way you treated them as a kid, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yep. it's like, yep. oh, man, I was so ungrateful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, but now looking back,
0: yeah. I am so grateful because, you know, particularly mum because she was, you know, she had a career and everything yeah. and she just iced all of that to look after me yep. and turn me into a reasonable human being that loved,
1: loved the Lord, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. And... And while we're praising Mm. our parents, Mm. I, for a degree of my childhood, was raised by a single mum. And, Mm. um, you know, the tough stuff that mum had to go through when I was, you know, going through that whole experience when I lost my dad, I was not, I was a mess. Mm you know, and, and yeah, she was a mess too, but she still held our family together through all of that. And the, and the lessons that her and dad taught us as, as kids Mm. have put us in really good stead to be the Mm. kinds of people that we are today. Mm -hmm. And then people come to you, don't they? Like you would have the same experience. I know you guys would, Mm -hmm. because we're unique amongst people our age, you know, to a degree, you Mm -hmm. know, we've had um, a training that most people don't have the the pleasure of having mm. as children and so we've become people that are different a different quality of person mm. than people who didn't have that benefit um and that's not to no praise of ourselves that's for the praise of our parents and the mm. people that have put time into our lives mm. and so by by investing mm. in us they've created a quality of person mm. that is then Um, that quality is being now um, multiplied in the people that we are sharing with and Mm -hmm. that we are interacting with every day.
0: Well, I mean, you know, thinking from the perspective of uh, you mentioning our parents, right? For all of that time that, you know, my mum was isolated in a sense, looking after me and, you know, all the time, like you were saying, your parents put into you and your parents put into you. Now, like, you know, we're just cresting 25,000 downloads. Uh, You know, as a result of what they've done, you know, there's 25,000 spiritual conversations that have uplifted people as a result of what our parents did, you know, 20,
1: 30 years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's reaping long-term fruit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So, I guess what we're trying to say here, and we haven't even got to the texts yet, so we should probably (laughs) go there, but... Um, We we all got excited, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) I guess what we're trying to say is if we reframe the idea, and I know this is probably where this person was leading to with their question because it's Mm -hmm. a very thought-provoking question. Uh, If we reframe the question as is family a ministry in and of itself, Mm -hmm. um, we can see that when when you invest in your family as a form of ministry, that that reaps dividends. And so you are being an evangelist to many, many people through Mm -hmm. reaching the one, two, three people in your care. That's not to say that you don't also go out. No, no, mm-hmm. definitely not to say that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's to a, say that... It's a matter of priority. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say that. It's, it's to say that that's your first priority. Mm-hmm. And by, by placing the responsibility on that as your first priority, you're actually going to be reaching more people than you could have had you neglected those children mm-hmm. and gone off and done your own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the verses. Mark 16, 15. Mm-hmm. Who wants to read that one?
0: I've got Timothy. So right, I got Mark. Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said to them, "Go into all the world and preach the
2: gospel to every creature." And First Timothy uh, five eight, but if any provide not for his own, and specially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel or a non-believer. That is such
1: a powerful statement, isn't it? Yeah. And it's funny how when you read the two of them together like that, they almost sound like it's one verse after the other yeah. <laughs> because it starts with a but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go into all the world, but if you do that, don't do this. <laughs> You're worse than an infidel. <laughs> um, yeah, so great verses. Um, the first verse says, go out, mm. right? Hmm. And, but it's interesting when you, when you look at the context. When Jesus told them to go out, he he gave them some specific instructions in the Gospels Mm -hmm. about how they were to go out. And he actually said to them, go out first to these people, then go a little bit further to these people, then Mm -hmm. go a little bit further to these people, and then go to the other, you know, most parts of the earth. Mm -hmm. And so, you can sort of pick up from that language that Jesus actually did intend for us to be a blessing to the people closest to us first and foremost. Mm-hmm, yeah. And in our society today, that's always going to be at home first. Mm-hmm. And then you you could look at it as your neighborhood next. Mm-hmm. And then you could look at it as your town next. And then to all the world. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that you don't go on mission trips, mm-hmm. but maybe take your family with you on the mission yeah. trip so you can still minister to your family. Mm-hmm. Or that's not to say you don't go and you know do evangelistic Activities in your community, mm. but maybe you take your family with you and you do mm. it together as a family. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's no reason why these two things have to be mutually exclusive. I mean, they're going to receive just as much benefit and um, such a blessing from taking part in that. Well, you're actually killing both the birds with the one stone doing it that way, aren't you? Because you're ministering to your kids as you teach them how to minister to others, mm. but then while you're ministering to your kids, by teaching them to minister to others, you're actually ministering to the others. Exactly. So exactly. it's it's really it's they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. And, and wouldn't you say, Luke, that
2: while looking after um, your wife and children and everything, you've become better at ministry as well? Oh man, one hundred percent. Like where where it says in in scripture where it
0: talks about you know the qualifications for godly leaders, and it talks about uh, you know people you know, men who rule their own house as well. <laughs> I can totally see that because I have become a far more patient person as a result of being a dad, you know, and there's lots of other things too, but... Um, it's the most but, obvious one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one that comes to mind. Right? <laughs> despite, despite the fact I do lose my patience, but, you know, it teaches I've seen you, you, you in that. the Battle of Wills. Yeah, yes, yeah. you have. You have. You know, and that's the thing, like... It, even if you have a "quote unquote" you know good child, you know a child that's agreeable and mm-hmm. and all the rest of it, that doesn't mean that you you don't have to go through all that. Mm. You do because all children do, and that's a part of their development. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it does definitely one hundred percent equip you for ministry. I I was actually saying to to you guys earlier that in reflecting on who I was, you know, to say like go back to when I was a single person versus now the le- the level of Christian maturity and I'm sure I'll continue growing for the rest of my life but mm. you know I-, I would say like 80% percent more mature as a Christian as a, r- a result of you know six years of marriage and three years of parenthood mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and that's ex- that, that accelerates your maturity as com- as opposed to being single but, I see
1: it- you've turned up first Corinthians I'm Curious to know whether you were going to go to the same place I was going to go to.
0: Okay, well, I was going to go to... Uh, you were talking before about uh, you know if you go on a mission trip, take your family with you or whatever it may be. I was actually thinking about 1 Corinthians 9 because uh, I'll start reading from, say, verse okay. 3. Um, My defense to those who examine me is this. Do we have no right to eat or drink? Do we have no right to take along a believing wife as do the other apostles and, uh, and the brother of our Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? Now, his point has nothing to do with this. But what I am referencing is the fact that it's obvious that the apostles took family with them. They, mm-hmm. they took their wives. They, they went on these errands. We get the sense when we read Scripture, we get the sense that everyone's going solo or they're going with a ministry partner like, like Paul and Silas or Paul and Barnabas. But a good number of them went as ministerial families, mm-hmm. and we should assume that as the norm. And if we, my personal conviction is that if we, even if our family are present, if they are not participating in the ministry willingly with you, then there's a very high probability that they will resent the ministry and as a result, leave the faith. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, It's got to be of their own free will. Yeah yeah and so but mm. in order for that to make sense or for them to even want that, you have to demonstrate it in such a way so as to be attractive. Mm. And that means you know, this is a tough one for me. when your family are like getting in the car going to church on, on 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 in the morning, you know, are you getting cranky with them and losing your temper on your way there and then you know arriving and being all sweet to the people there and and you know teaching you know mm. teaching Bible studies and preaching and you know that's really hard when you feel the responsibility and you can't or whatever it is. but if you're a Christian then, then you can be a Christian when you get to church too. You know
1: what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And your kids see that. Your kids know. Mm. Yeah. I was actually going to take us to 1 Corinthians 7. Okay. Okay. Go there. It's interesting. They hold some commonality though. Mm. Um, Well, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but that chapter talks about the idea of marriage and ministry. Mm -hmm. And um, Paul actually says in that chapter that, you know, he wonders whether it's a better choice for ministry's sake to Mm. remain unmarried. And he toys with that idea and and he even goes as far as to say, I don't speak this you know, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it by permission. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take what you will mm-hmm. from it. And so, but he wrestles with the idea in this chapter of, is it better to remain single or is it better to be married? Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, for, for some people, it's actually going to be better to remain single so that they can do ministry. Mm-hmm. And so, he seems to be indicating that there is this, you know, this balancing act, if you mm-hmm. like, if you do have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't say don't anybody get married because mm. you need to do ministry he says if you are going to get married mm. make that your ministry mm. it's interesting he sees he sees Family as a ministry, and that's the only reason why he says, "I wonder if it's better that people don't get married," mm-hmm. because he wants to see the work done. You know, he wants to see Jesus returning. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so Paul's, you know, first concern is is the yeah. work, the work, the work. But then he mm-hmm. says, "But if if you are the kind of person that needs to get married, mm-hmm. get married." Yeah. And so he's he's d- indicating there in this sort of subtle way, a bit like you you were saying in in um chapter nine there. There's this subtle inference that if you are if you do have a family. They are your ministry, bring mm-hmm. them along with you, do ministry for them with them. Yeah. um yeah, yeah, so that's interesting yeah. and and that happens to be the same guy that wrote that powerful verse that we read in first Tim first Timothy five mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that if we don't provide for our own house, um yeah, we've denied the faith. Mm. and so yeah, Paul obviously as a good Jew had this very family centered paradigm. now unfortunately, that's gone by the wayside. And the the norm is no longer what it used to be as a Jew, where mm. you know the first was it twelve years of the life of the child was like you know insane Focused. mentorship, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like we would not do that today. Mm. What they what they did with their children, um, and yet that was that was the paradigm that they operated in, right? Mm. Then that, that's because they saw value in mentoring the child yeah. because they wanted that child to become something, mm. you know, as far as like a spiritual person goes. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, sh- we should would do well to, to take on this same paradigm. Mm-hmm. And it's that paradigm, I think, that leads Paul to make such strong statements as he did there to Timothy, mm. you know, and says, you know, you- you're denying your faith if you don't look after your own family. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's really challenging, you know,
0: because it's very easy, you know, as humans, we're very good at justifying ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've seen it a lot of times where people that have conflicted families and just, they're just in a position where their families aren't operating very well. They tend to say, oh, well, you know, then it's easier to do ministry in church. So I'm going to go do it there Mm -hmm. and just neglect their families. Mm -hmm. And I think they're the kind of people that, that, uh, Paul is referring to, the the people that are, well, you know, this is easy for me to look good here and, you know, they don't see my, my flaws and, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to do that sort of ministry.
2: How often do you do you hear, oh, it's an, we can do this or we can do this. It's it's not a combination thing. It's yes. a case of, well, I have to make a choice between my ministry and my family. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't do both.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it's a false dichotomy, which is really, I think, the the core of our answer to this question that it it is a false dichotomy. There is no actual legitimate
1: question between the two. It is, if rightly understood, it is both. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just in case we be understood. Misunderstood, misunderstood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in case, I say, just in case we're understood. Yeah. Uh, just, just on the off <laughs> chance <laughs> that you guys get anything out of this episode. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I was thinking ahead while well, saying something. Yeah, um, totally just fine. in case we're misunderstood, I want to clear up one thing, and that is that we're not saying it's cut and dried. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not saying that, you know, for every single individual, mm. um, there is a direct call that says you cannot go. You know, and do ministry anywhere else without taking your family with you. Mm. When I say take your family with you, I'm saying that's an ideal scenario. Figuratively, I'm yeah. not saying you can't go and do a Bible study, come back to your family. I'm mm. not saying you can't go and do an overseas mission trip and come back to your family. Mm. I know, I know good, solid families that have done that, mm. but the work that they must put in at home before and after that mission trip must be so important because mm. if you're going to be away from your children in particular for any protracted period of time, um, you really need to have a solid foundation for you to be able to do that and that mm-hmm. not negatively affect them. Yes. So, yeah, I guess we're not saying that this is this is that cut and dried whereby, you know, everywhere you go, take your family with you, mm-hmm. um, but I think what we are saying is that if you, you are going to spend a considerable amount of your life doing ministry apart from your family, that makes the time that you do have with them even more important. Yes yeah and there's a lot and I'd actually like to do an episode on, on this
0: um, but just goes hand in hand with what you were saying Dave that I think the, the core thing about taking your family with you if I could lay a word on it would be intentionality mm. you don't just become a good parent by being present even though that's a big part of it but it, it requires intentionality yep. you, you mm. need to make the most of all the time that you have yep.
1: so mm. yeah yeah, mm. yeah well yeah. that's our answer to yeah. Instagram follower number. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> sorry.
0: Uh, I uh, so I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. You shared the, shared the question, yeah. and uh, if I recall correctly, the reason there's no name on there is because they asked to be anonymous, yeah, yeah, so, so I've left it as that. But uh, if any of you guys out there have a question that you'd like to hear us cover, if you want to remain anonom- anonymous, <laughs> <Amominous. that's... laughs> not, not having a good time with the English language, <laughs> if you want to remain anonymous, that's totally fine.
1: Uh, if you want to shout out, we're happy to give that. Just in case you're understood. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're all having a great time. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Right? We're Australian. English is not our first language anyway. So. Yeah, that's right. Australian is. <laughs> um, so, yes, please send us your
0: questions. We would love to deal with them. And uh, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We will catch you guys next week. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list. So I would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that. If you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet, you can go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us. So if you want to help us reach those goals, please jump in and give us a review. The final message that I'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our Patreon account. Now, Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating. And ultimately what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast. And so if you'd like to help us do that, jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can can give anything from even a dollar a month uh, upwards. But at different levels, there are different benefits, different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours. If you can't afford that, we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.